I'm stoked for you all to hear from this speaker. Gary Huther Jr., co-founder of Aruga's Grill House and Sports Bar. Aruga's is the first full-service certified green restaurant here in the state of Pennsylvania. They have won five out of five times they have attended the National Buffalo Wing Festival, the largest in the country. Hello, HYP podcast listeners. This is Derek Weitzel, Executive Director of the Harrisburg Young Professionals. Thank you for listening in to our event series, How It's Built in the Berg, stories from Harrisburg area entrepreneurs and the companies that they have built here. For our third event of 2019, we got to hear about Aruga's rise from restaurant to winning America's Next Top Restaurant Franchise Contest. And now they're growing into a multi-state sports bar franchise. Larry Binda, co-founder and editor-in-chief of The Burke Magazine, takes the interview from here. As, uh, as Derek just mentioned, I guess this is number number nine. Is that right? In the in the in this in the series, and so in this series, I've had the pleasure of interviewing some of the great homegrown Harrisburg businesses, and many of them have been um, uh, food businesses, and many also have only been like a few years old. And uh, what's interesting to me here, talking to you, Gary, is that your uh, Arugas is, is kind of uh, a little bit farther farther along, and so I think that adds a, a special kind of angle. But before we get to that, uh, I like to start at the beginning, which is a logical place to start. Uh, so why don't you tell us about your personal background, wh- where you're from, where you grew up, and how you got into the restaurant business. All right, perfect. Well, uh, hello everyone. Thanks for coming tonight. Uh, I'm Gary Huther uh, from Arugas. Uh, so I was uh, born in Baltimore, Maryland, but uh, relocated to Pennsylvania in first grade. So I've been here uh, pretty much most, most of my life. Uh, you will see some Maryland uh, influences on our menu, like our crab pretzel, but uh, but, but I lived here most of my life. Uh, grew up, uh, went to high school and uh, in the area. Then I actually uh, ended up going to Hack and then, uh, and then to Penn State Harrisburg. And uh, so, uh, so from there, uh, I actually ended up leaving college and uh, going into Snap-on Tools, which is, uh, is odd because I'm very not mechanically inclined, but uh, it, I am pretty decent at sales, I think. So, uh, so, so I ended up uh, uh, taking, taking that move. Uh, well, I started working for a, uh, a friend in a part-time position in Snap-on while I was going to college. And then uh, towards the end of college, um, I got the opportunity to open my own franchise in Annapolis, Maryland. So I uh, ended up leaving school, um, and uh, I think I might have maybe just over a half a semester left, maybe. So, so I'm close, but but I didn't I didn't, didn't finish. Took, finish took, your degree, <laughs> yeah, young man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, took took the risk and went to, to Annapolis. I took over uh, a, a bankrupt franchise. Um, I didn't know anyone down there, so so all I did was work for a while. So in two years, I ended up uh, taking that route into two routes and sold both of those routes and migrated back to Pennsylvania to take over a route uh, right here in Harrisburg. So, uh, so what, what was that franchise? Uh, on Snap on Tools still. Oh, oh, the Snap on. Yeah, so so so, 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 so crazy. Okay. So I'm in I'm in Snap on Tools, not in the restaurant okay. industry. Mm-hmm. I guess kind of jumping back to while I was going to high school, uh, I worked at the Sierra Madre all of all of high school. 
Um, and then through, through the beginning part of, of Hack, I worked at a couple different bars and restaurants. So, but I, that was always uh, something I enjoyed. I always had passion about uh, being out, talking to people, um, kind of uh, something I enjoyed much more than I did tools, uh, for, for, for sure. So, uh, so, so anyway, jumping back, I ended up uh, going down there, coming, coming up to Pennsylvania, uh, taking over a route in Harrisburg, and then ended up, uh, the guy next to me ended up retiring and ended up taking his route, and I ended up having four franchises um, for Snap-on, pr probably in my very early 20s, um, mid-20s maybe. Um, and uh, learned a lot, a lot from there, from, uh, from the people, from, uh, from, from being trained how to run a business. So I think while I ended up converting over into the restaurant business, uh, I think I learned uh, about running a business from, from, from the franchise side. So while, while it was tools, uh, I think it, you know, I learned cust customer service, uh, debits and credits, uh, the making of the foundation of a business. So, so I think that you know, in a sense, while it was a different industry, I, I, I honestly say I learned more in Snap-on than I did in any part of college uh, you know, I, I, from, the, from the, the, the working mode. I guess in that, uh, in that, so so that kind of took me a, a lot, a lot, uh, a lot of where, where I was going. So a lot of great influences. Uh, some here in the crowd that uh, taught taught me a lot through there about uh, about business and uh, and and people. You know, you learn to uh, as, as in sales and dealing with customers and uh, on a constant basis, uh, you learn to 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 deal with people, to to read people, to uh, to, to interact with people. So that was a, a really good experience for me. Um, so I ended up uh, selling uh, my, my Snap-on routes, uh, three of them to employees uh, that took over, and, and one to uh, another franchisee, and uh, took over uh, a bar on Route 22. So, so that's where the, the numbers kind of come from. Okay, what was that? Uh, it, was, it was Kokomo's. So, so we have two old Kokomo's of our 10. Um, so do you want me to progress down that? that I, I do that, want you to progress uh, down right, that. So, yeah. so, uh, so, so anyone was, everyone's like, you're kind of, yeah. you're kind of, you're crazy uh, buying a bar. So we, um, liquor licenses in Pennsylvania are kind of different uh, if, if um, you, they can be held from transfer for a while. So we took over the restaurant and it was about a, about a year before the liquor license transfer. So we, we called ourselves 22. So if you came in, you saw our menu had just the number 22 and that's, how uh, the numbers kind of stuck, as you kind of may see from our current locations, uh, on that. So, uh, so about a year went by. Uh, so, what, what kind of when was this exactly? That was in 2007. We officially opened uh, Arugas July 26, 2008. Okay. So it was about about a, about a year we uh, on there. So kind of under that name, we got to mess with the menu and do all the trial and error before it was our name. If that if that if that made sense. Uh, so finally, the liquor license came. July 26, 2008 uh, was our grand opening day. So we just, uh, last year was 10 years, which was a big number for us. Uh, uh, most restaurants don't make it half that long. But uh, so we were real excited to, uh, to break 10. And, and I guess next month will be 11 years now. So, mm -hmm. so pr pretty, pretty exciting. So, uh, so that's kind of how the, the, the basis started from there. Okay. So, so then what intrigued you into getting involved in the restaurant or the food business as opposed to the tool business? <laughs> so, so the tool business really wasn't fun, um, you know, in, 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 in a lot of ways. <laughs> there was a lot of fun to it, but uh, it, it, it was not as, uh, for me, as, as uh, I was not very mechanically inclined, but I, but I learned to, to, to work with my customers to teach me how to sell tools that I didn't know really how they worked. So, uh, so <laughs> yeah, it, it, and, and they knew how, so I, uh, I'd give, I'd give some of the guys one and say, all right, now just teach me how to sell this. 
and, uh, and, and they would. So, so, so I think, uh, you know, on that, the opportunity came to, 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 to buy the location and, uh, you know, again, from knowing the, the background of business, uh, from, from, you know, I, I, like to, I, li I like going out, I like restaurants, uh, I like hospitality and people. It was more a natural fit for me. You know, it was, again, my favorite jobs of, of growing up. Uh, on there, and that's kind of how I led to that. But but everybody was very skeptical. <laughs> okay, everybody, like everybody, in your family and friends. Yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're always there for you. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know, restaurant businesses. Stay is, with the is, tools, is Gary. Tough. <laughs> <It's> tough. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so, tell us tell us about your your first year in that business. So, did you ever have this moment when you were like? Why did I ever do this? Uh, I mean, what was it a struggle the first year, or what? Or was it pretty pretty easy? Did it come naturally to you? Um, I, the, the first year was great. Um, you know, in two thousand eight, we had not yet hit the bad times. So Pennsylvania, I find, uh, especially now that we're in multiple states, uh, we're generally a year to three years behind everybody else. So, so uh, two thousand eight was a really great year. In Pennsylvania, uh, we don't think we really felt it till 2009, when when you saw a lot of the crash happen in that. So, 2008 was a great great year, and then then came 2009. But uh, I I would say I've always been I thought it was the right move. I'm I'm happy I made the move. There's there was always ups and downs and struggles, but uh, uh, but but I enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, you're right. So your second year, the Great Recession hit, and so what did that mean for your business? Um, you know. In some ways, it was. I guess. I guess. In some ways, it was. It was uh, not too bad for us because because we continued to open stores. We actually opened our second location in November um, of uh, 2008 as well in Camp Hill, and that was num called uh, number Route 15 mm -hmm. off of Route 22. So uh, so it kind of came. Uh, it, it's it started out not really being an issue. Then we probably fell. It probably fell more into the 2010 or 11. Uh, but we never. I don't think Harrisburg ever really felt it like. A lot of the areas did in in, the, in the maybe the higher metro areas um, or not, you know. So right. Well, maybe also your price point is probably uh, a little price. bit more recession proof, right, yes. than like a higher end place or something like that. So you didn't operate your first restaurant very long before you opened your second one, is what you're saying, right? Yeah. So we had we had that about a year uh, under under our belt as as 22. Mm -hmm. um, on there, then, then uh, it was Dorado's. It's it's about a half mile from my house, and it was was where I would go to have cocktails because it was a half mile from my house. And uh, one <laughs> of the days, distance, <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the days, the uh, the owner uh, Bill came over and asked me if I wanted to buy the location, and that's how number two came about. Um, okay, yeah, kind of, kind of. Uh, what, were you were you hesitant at all because you hadn't been in the business very long at that point? Um, not at all, actually. I, I think also maybe uh, still young and naive, but but uh, but it, but it, but it worked out well for us. Um, there was uh, you know the beginning years were were really good for us. I mean we we opened stores to to a bang, um, lines out the door. So so in that end we never really felt any any challenge there. So it, but uh, but again I think because of the background from running a business, you know we we started out we had logo uh, materials we had. Uh, standards. We had said things in line from that, uh, but again from Snap-on. So it wasn't like uh, initially I just would go in the register and pull all the money out and walk away, or just walk into the kitchen and take food. You know, while I didn't pay for the food, it would be rung in. But but then therefore you could be accountable with with the team on inventories and 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 things that you measure. So I think when when you get into sometimes uh, a business scenario where you don't run it like a business. Um, 
when you have employees, then they don't either. Yeah, which, which is one of my complaints that I often have. I, I interview many, many small business owners, not just here, but just in the course of putting out the Berg. And uh, one of my pet peeves is the fact that so many businesses that I see opening don't seem to have regular hours, the people aren't around. Oh, There's all just all kinds of problems. But uh, you're determined, I guess, especially because you had the background, to make sure that you ran a pretty tight ship. Yep, and I, I have a lot, some people in this room, a lot of really great uh, people on our team that have, have been with me now for 10 years. Uh, eight, nine, ten years, uh, pretty, pretty much. So, so I think that uh, was really a good, good backing. Uh, a lot of them I had previous history with as well. So there was a, a knowing of each other, uh, an excitement I think shared amongst everybody uh, as well. That we're, you know, we're expanding, we're doing this, and I think that uh, now that the same people that are with me as we're, you know, about to open our 21st location, um, are, are are still equally as excited at doing it and passionate about what we're doing. I think that's a big part. Of, uh, of what, what's going on. So tell me about, uh, before we get to num number 21, I'm so focused here on number one and two, because <laughs> yes. that's the hardest part usually, but yes. I mean, you went right from one to two, you know, but uh, most restaurant owners open one restaurant in their lives, right? Yes. Um, but anyway, what I want to know is why did you decide to serve the kind of product you have and have this sort of environment that you have and the sort of sports theme and, and all of that? How did that all come about? Honestly, that's where I like to go. So okay. I, uh, I enjoyed going to, to sports bars, uh, watching the game, wings, beer. I uh, was fortunate to have our chef, Tony, uh, be with us from the beginning. We're, uh, so, so that was kind of, uh, you know, fit, fit my genre. I'm very laid back, low key. Uh, you know, um, it, it, my personality, if, if, if you will. So, uh, so that was a pretty exciting, exciting part from, from that. That's how, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I Again, at the time, there wasn't uh, as many sports bars. At, you know, 10 or 11 years ago, there might have been one or two other places that um, you maybe went, didn't just go because they had a couple TVs. You know, uh, I think that was some of what of our goal uh, was to, 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 just because we're a sports bar doesn't mean our food has to suck, kind of mantra uh, on that. But th that, that I think is really it. I think the, the personality, I think the, the being on a go, have energy and fun every day in the environment I was going to was an important part of, of, of what I was looking to do when I transitioned. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, you, and obviously you think that your customer base also believed that because you were immediately successful. Yeah, we were very lucky. I mean, we did, uh, we did a lot to, to, to promote and, and win. Our year one, we uh, won at the National Buffalo Wing Festival. So that's like the Super Bowl of wing festivals. 100,000 plus people were at the event. Uh, we served wings like for three days straight. We didn't probably do enough research in, in 2000, uh, I guess what eight, there wasn't uh, a lot of internet stuff. I think it might have been dial up nearly. Uh, so, so we get there and it's it's uh, Chef Tony, uh, my wife Summer, me, and and another guy from uh, Corey from Arugas, and uh, everybody else has like 30 people. And we have four, and there's 120,000 people shop at this event. So, so for <laughs> for three days we are just slinging wings, covered in wing sauce. Uh, it was. Uh, Quite different. However, uh, we won a trophy, so so okay. that was uh, that was a, a big win for us. And I think some of those things uh, for us, you know, um, accolades and things uh, helped show us we were going in the right direction, uh, motivated. Some of them were great for marketing to talk about maybe uh, why we're the best at our wings. Well, well, now we went to the Super Bowl wing festivals and won. Um, so so that was some of the, uh, the the cool things about it. And I think kind of you know where the the turning point. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'm maybe jumping, but that's oh, okay. Uh, you know, was uh, in 2010 we were we had just opened our third location, 
Uh, we were in, under construction on uh, number four in Mechanicsburg, and uh, we, we entered uh, America's Next, Next Top Restaurant Franchise Contest. So that was a national contest put on, and uh, the grand prize was they paid for you to get franchising. So I think um, if, if you were to pinpoint where was probably a pivotal change in, in what was going on, uh, this would probably be the pivotal change. Uh, so there was 270 restaurants uh, entered from, from around the country. Um, phone, you did a four-hour phone interview. We had to fill out all this stuff uh, from, from sharing your marketing to your sales and profitability and things like that. And I can remember uh, fill it, filling this out. I probably spent know, eight, nine hours filling this out, writing this essay. And, and again, this, you know, it's hard to think back. Some of you are probably too young to remember Internet Explorer and, and things like that. But uh, <laughs> so, 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 I mean, I'm like, I spend the whole day. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to enter this. We're going to win. Uh, write all this stuff up, fill it up. Uh, I hit the submit button, and the Internet Explorer screen comes up. And just the big E on the screen. So I hit the back button, and uh, literally everything I did was gone. So I didn't smartly write it in Word and copy it over. I wrote it in the web doc. So, so I went to smash my computer, and I, I literally uh, almost did not refill it out. I was like, yeah, it's uh, uh, done. So, so probably an hour after being, you know, irate and you know, yelling maybe and screaming, I, uh, I went back and redid it. And and I look back and, and probably had that not happened, uh, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. So, wow. Okay. So, so I think. Uh, so luck is a part of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah other yeah. business owners have said that too you know luck plays a role and, yeah we say yeah. Uh, luck is when opportunity and preparation mm -hmm. um so 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 we entered uh they broke it down to 25 finalists uh they've physically visited the finalists uh the company called the franchise edge that uh their job is they actually take people and uh, people pay them to teach them how to get franchised from franchise disclosure documents to all the things you need, really need to do and uh, we're still learning you know five years into it uh, today but but anyway so they, they went around they were with me on a Wednesday uh, Thursday they were in Texas Friday they were in California so so it was really a, a nationwide contest not so much you know a Pennsylvania contest so uh, so at the end we were we were selected as the winner so so that was uh, you know a dream was to one day maybe franchise uh, and, and, and take your business and principles and concept uh, to, to other markets but but a, but a big dream you know you know on that and uh, and winning this really took us um, to the next level a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. uh, it also got us, you know, more attention. So versus, um, you know, starting a franchise and um, trying to find the first franchisee. We won America's Next Top Restaurant franchise. Finding the first franchisee uh, was very hard. It didn't matter that we had, uh, you know, at the time we had, like, uh, well, we were opening our fourth when we actually started. Well, I guess I'll jump back. So in 2010, we won. I naively thought I was going to sell franchises and continue to open stores. Uh, so franchising kept kind of going on the back burner. Uh, we opened four, five, six, seven, eight, 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 pretty, pretty over the next couple of years. So, uh, so again, franchising kind of took a back seat. We had won the award, um, but there's a lot more to it than, uh, than in tools, right? The sale is uh, not a, a, a quick sale. It's a multi-month. Uh, sometimes year-long sale uh, investigation partnership look at so 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 naively so uh, we continue to open stores which which we were happy to do you know all throughout central Pennsylvania we've kind of hit the spider web around uh, Harrisburg you know from Hershey Lancaster York Shippensburg uh, like the, the pegs um, and then one of our our guy that owns uh, one of our uh, food companies that uh, we did most of our business with 
uh, named Keith, uh, had sold his business, but didn't, didn't tell me he sold his business. And uh, <clears throat> he had worked to, to, to earn our business for a while. And uh, you know, our, our first deal was a, was a million dollar chicken deal with a handshake. And, and uh, obviously you need papers and things like that. But uh, the guy had integrity, uh, really did a great job getting to me, getting around Chef Tony, which uh, is, 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 is sometimes my plan. But, uh, but uh, he did a great job on that and, uh, and presented an idea that uh, he thought he could go out and sell these. So from having that relationship um, probably was also part of what allowed me to, to think about doing it because I, could have, cause I had dealt with him and knew, uh, you know, knew his work ethic, knew his integrity. So next thing you know, we're having lunch and we're saying, all right, let's do this. And then uh, maybe six months later, we roll out at the International Franchise Show where he's at right now. Um, at the Javits Center in New York. So that's the largest franchise show in the, in the country. So we're now uh, on the other side, back on the other side, right, uh, peddling our, our, our wares at the show. Um, so, so there you find out, um, even though you, you have a bunch of corporate stores, you don't have any franchises, so no one's really interested uh, in buying a franchise because you don't have any franchises, even though you won the award, which, which made them talk to you for a minute. Um, but, but then after they find out you don't have any, not interested. So, so we're going through, we're learning, we're learning as, you know, as we go, we're learning, trying uh, a bunch of different advertising that you hear at the beginning, you should do this, this is how you do it, and you learn quickly that some of it was just a complete waste of money and kind of a trial and error. So, uh, so as we're going through, um, we end up getting in connection with uh, the Director of Strategic Development from the Mohican Tribe, who owns the Mohican Sun. Uh, locations in, in uh, did you guys ever hear the Mo there's the Mohegan Sun in Pino Poconos, um, but there's a, a really massive, like, second largest one in the country, bigger than most casinos in Vegas in Connecticut, where we have a location now in front of. Uh, so, so next, uh, we ended up uh, working with them, the, the, the Mohegan tribe, uh, really, really great partner of us, was, um, was the next big moment for us, if you will. So they, uh, they came down, we, we went up there, um, got to meet their uh, tribal council, which is like their board of directors. So, so as you can imagine now, um, you know, while I think, hey, we're a big deal, we're getting a big as a company, now you go sit in front of a, a $2 billion company with the CFO, COO, and uh, all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're nothing, you know? So, so uh, but great, great group of people. So we went up, um, did, did a bunch of meetings and talking, sharing, presentation. So then they, uh, a month later, fly down there on, our, on their private jet um, and bring down majority of the, uh, the tribal council to do, to do some tours. So we end up touring a couple of our locations. Uh, we shut down the front dining room of our Mechanicsburg location, do the presentation on the uh, projection screens. While we're in the middle of it, the health inspector comes in and starts doing a health inspection on us. So uh, <laughs> no issues, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm like of all times, we literally have uh, the Mohican, you know, the CEO, CEO of Mohican, you know, again, $2 billion company in here, and, and, and that's when we get health inspected. But, uh, so so all, all goes well. We ended up um, doing a deal with them. Uh, they just opened their fourth location last year. So uh, they have two in Connecticut, uh, one in front of this casino, which is, uh, is amazing, and uh, one in Attleboro, Massachusetts, and, and Warwick. So now uh, the next kind of leg of, 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 of the growth and, and excitement is now we have sold one, and we sold it to not just some guy. We sold it to the Mohican tribe, and uh, they just opened uh, the Taj Mahal of Arugas. I mean, stadium seating, 130 seats, uh, 50 seat bar, fire pits outside, overlooks the casino where they shoot off fireworks on the weekends. I mean, uh, 
amazing. So, so now we um, get a little momentum, and uh, throughout the next, uh, my timelines are probably off, probably, probably the next um, three years, thank you, David. Uh, next three years, we end up uh, doing uh, deals with eight different franchise partners. So, so through that, uh, last year was our, we've, we've opened pretty much two units a year, almost every year, um, minus, I guess, a year or two when we did one. But, um, but last year, we opened five. So that was uh, in all in different states. So, so uh, pretty, pretty, pretty wild. So we were on the road, I think the back half, you know, May, June, July, August, March, we were away for March as well. So, uh, so through, through Output, uh, we opened our first location in Florida. We opened second locations in New York, New Jersey, um, and 11th location in Pennsylvania. So, so that's kind of uh, you know, how we got, got uh, to where we're, we're kind of going. Okay, well, you basically answered the rest of my questions. So I have nothing, <laughs> let's, just, let's just finish it now. No, uh, so uh, tell me about about your brand, what, what, in your opinion, makes Arugas Arugas? Um, I, I think, I mean, I think a couple things. I would say, you know, um, I think our, our culture of people make us. Um, I think that's a big part of what we try to instill to make everything else happen. Um, but from a perspective of a, of a customer, a guest, um, you know, we would hope that we would think that we're your, we're your go-to place for multiple times, whether it's a happy hour or family night with the kids. Um, we, we, we like to be that kind of um, neighborhood bar tavern that you drive to instead of walk to um, on there. But again, with our segregation, we hope that there's two parts. You know, we're a restaurant and a bar. Mm -hmm. So, um, so pending, you know, I talked to a lot of different, different guests and, you know, if they have kids, a lot of times we're more of the family place. Or if I talk to maybe some of my friends that are single or whatever maybe we're, we're a place that they go to on Friday night or happy hour. Um, so we, we kind of, you know, we like to say from 8 to 80 as our guest, you know, we'd like to target everyone. We're uh, kind of uh, come as you are type place. You know, you, you can look at our, our bar and see, um, you know, a construction worker next to a lawyer, next to a 21 year old, next to a mom. And, and that's kind of what our goal is, you know, is to, is, is to be that, you know, you know, if you want to come in sweats, cool. If you want to come in a suit, that's cool too, you know. And, uh, and with that, uh, you know, from, uh, from our end, that's, that's, that's ultimately what, what we're looking to do. So I remember when you opened uh, your restaurant in downtown Harrisburg, uh, and I was a little surprised at that time when you opened that because uh, I think of most, uh, I guess sports bars in general, and, and maybe Arugas in particular, as a little bit more suburban focused. Um, and that's really like right, boom, slam in the middle of the city. So uh, what attracted you to that location? Why do you want to be there and how's it going? It's going, it's going good. Uh, it's one of, uh, it's our most profitable per first, Per square foot in the company, um, but it's also our smallest. So, so there's, there's some some mm -hmm. wins to that and, and losses to that. Um, but, but what I saw down there, it's probably been now four or five years we've been open down there. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, there there wasn't really uh, any place to to just go get a burger and have an average food. You know, it was the transition to uh, a lot of the redos, the farm to table, uh, everything maybe went a little more higher end. So if you were just looking to get wings or a burger or grab a beer, a lot of the choices had gone away. Mm -hmm. You know, that was one of the, one of the things that, that attracted to us. So if you were coming downtown to watch the game, where would you really go? There, there wasn't anything really fill, filling that need, mm -hmm. uh, we felt. And then we felt it was a natural extension. Um, you know, we wanted a presence in, in downtown Harrisburg. It's the capital. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a different customer, even though 
I mean, we, we actually have five stores in a 10-mile circle, but if you would go to, to Camp Hill, it's not even a mile away from here. Then if you would go to Mechanicsburg, it's about three miles from there. Um, so, so, but, but, but a different customer. Uh, like how? Uh, I think uh, besides weekends and, and, and uh, you're getting a lot of people that live in the city versus I know a lot of my suburban friends uh, don't go downtown, drive past in Arugas in Camp Hill to come downtown. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times it's more event-driven. Um, I think that, that we see a lot from, from the hotels, the Hilton, uh, along those lines. Uh, and then, then all the activity that goes on with, with the French Street and things like that. Um, so we didn't see it, even though it was so close, taking away our business that we had on each side of it. Was, was another reason. Mm -hmm. The people there spend more money in the suburbs or, or less? Or? Do you have any insight into that? We sell, we, this, is, this is our mix. We sell um, a lot more alcohol at our downtown location than we do in our suburban location. Okay. Uh, we also find that in our downtown locations in New York. Um, so the split generally goes, you know, we're prevalent um, 65 to 70% food at our suburban locations. And then when we get to the downtown locations, we're 55, 50% food. But, but also, you know, the, you don't have as much as the family or the dinner crowds in there. We do actually get a lot of kids down there, um, you know, at, at that time, but, but it's smaller. So, so, you know, again, the seating is there. Um, yeah, well, it's always, or often busy when, it, you know, I go past, and, uh, which is frequently. Um, so what, what about, if anything, does, is, when, I, when I go into Arugas, I, I think to myself, I, I feel very at home there in the sense that it's, it's a sports bar, but there's something about it to me that's very central PA. Do, do you agree with that? And if so, why? We, we hope so, because we're, uh, we're, we're born and bred here. You know, I mean, uh, again, I've lived here my entire life. I think it's one of the challenges, too, that, that, that maybe we run into with growth that, that comes up. So, so one that is, is uh, success can be good, but it can also be bad. So when I look back 11 years ago, our goal was to be Buffalo Wild Wings, where, where if you look now with local being so prevalent, um, that, that somewhat changes some, some, of that, uh, some of that regards. So, uh, so, so we do hope that you feel that way because you know, we started here, all of our employees are here, all the ideas generally come from people here or that. Uh, we based our corporate office uh, in, in Harrisburg. We had opportunities to go to other places, but we didn't want to uproot. I wasn't going to lose a lot of my team, number one, but we also didn't want to uproot from, uh, from central Pennsylvania. So we hope that we feel that way. Um, we try to do a lot of influences. We work with a lot of local vendors. Um, we've gotten them, you know, some of them into seven, seven or eight states and uh, help their business grow. So that's been a cool factor, too, that uh, a partnership with us locally um, can help a small business grow into, into multiple other states or, or just their business um, because, of, because of our volumes. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that Pennsylvania is that your number one state for restaurants currently, right? What, what, right? What's number two? So we have 11 here, but then we have uh, two in New Jersey, two in New York, two in Connecticut. Uh, we'll be opening a third New Jersey, uh, hopefully just shortly after football season. So Jersey will become number number two in the system mm -hmm. next. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, it is kind of cool, though, to also see that we're bringing a lot of stuff from Harrisburg to other states and cities, you know, in that. Uh, as as uh, you know, I mentioned to you earlier, but I'm sure everyone's aware. So, in our in our corporate office in Harrisburg, we have uh, a couple different businesses that we run under it. So we have a Ruga's corporate office where we help um, handle our, our 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 corporate stores and our franchisees. 
Uh, we have a mini Arugas in there that we train franchisees for a month when they come down. And then we have a commissary where we make uh, about 18 items from scratch. So, so our pretzels, our A pretzels, uh, we make them literally from scratch, shape them in the shape of an A. Uh, we hand bread our mozzarella triangles with, uh, we crush up Snyder's of Hanover hard pretzels. We actually bring in onions, peel the onions down, cut them down. We beer batter them with Trogues Troganator. We're the largest purchaser of Troganator in the state, and that's just for breading onion rings, uh, which is, is kind of cool. Uh, so we do a lot of things that way. Uh, originally, we made majority of our stuff from scratch. Um, as we grew, it became uh, more of a challenge. So we looked at the items that we were making from scratch and, and some of the items we partnered out with. Uh, so the company that makes our soups and dips um, makes uh, Panera Breads. So we have no junk in it, all clean label. That's probably some of the things that people don't know enough about us, our, our, our job to get more of the messaging out. Um, but, then, but then there was things that we do make, as I mentioned, our pretzels. Um, when companies tested our recipe, it came back, it looked like a super pretzel. Um, our mozzarella triangles are whole block cut mozzarella. People say, oh, it's mozzarella triangles. Mozzarella triangles are big business for us. But, uh, you know, ours are whole so they don't get pulled out. So a lot of those items, um, we thought as we're growing, uh, which, you know, I, I tried to study a lot of mistakes that other people made. So we own two Damon's locations that had 200 plus uh, restaurants. And uh, they ended up getting bought by Hedge Fund and changed the quality of their products and then eventually ended up going out of business. So looking at that, my thoughts were some of these items core, like our crab pretzel or our mozzarella triangles that you know, we're known for. I couldn't then say, hey, well, we're gonna get someone else to make it. It's gonna be not as good, but that's what we have to do to grow. And, and, and that's where we ended up building um, this 25,000 square foot facility to, to service it. So yeah, a commissary. Commissary, uh -huh. yeah. So kind of the jump was after we did the deal with Mohican to go Connecticut, we thought, how are we gonna get all the stuff there? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and that's where the, that process goes. Uh, but that's actually been pretty cool because we can do a lot of innovation there. We can control what we're making. Um, and, uh, and, and you can still feel as we're growing that it's handmade, it's scratch made. Uh, it's not, it's not uh, you know, processed kind of, kind of crap you know, in, in a lot of ways. So, so that's been really cool, but, but those items are shipping from Pennsylvania you know, into, into eight states now, and we're buying all the ingredients to make that. Uh, from, from most of it from Pennsylvania places. Mm. So what's been one of your greatest challenges so far? People. I think probably everybody says that, right? Uh, and, and I guess it's probably one of those things that- Especially in your business, if, yeah. uh, if, you, if you have four employees, people's probably the problem. But, but if you have 700 employees, people's probably still the problem. Uh, we, have, we have over 700 employees, so that, that is um, quite, quite, quite a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but I, think that's, I think that's kind of a, part of every business, right? Because now when you had four people just doing it, you need everybody to be awesome. Uh, when you get 700, now you need to find the 100 plus people that need to be really awesome. So, so you're, you're, you're kind of bringing it through. But I think that, um, I think for, for, for us, the uh, restaurant landscape has changed more in the last five years than it's probably changed in 30. Um, in what way? So fast casuals became really prevalent. The, the dining model uh, became changed. There's been a lot of upsetion to it. So, uh, you know, when we first started, you know, it was independent restaurants, chain restaurants, right? Uh, that was pretty much what was out. Then if you looked at really in the last 10 years, what happened, uh, independent restaurants, more chain restaurants, fast casual started. So now, you know, we didn't really say on a Friday, oh, McDonald's was our competitor versus that. We, we would say, you know, an independent restaurant or 
or a chain would be. But now you'd say, well, no, it's Chipotle, it's Five Guys, it's so the the, the number of options has really expanded in in the fact that fast casual became you know one step of, of quality better than, than than fast food. So that really opened up, uh, I think, a big game change than uh, than than labor challenges and labor pricing, you know, the cost uh, of labor, um, you know, forefronted uh, counter type mo model in the, in the fast casuals. So, so I think that's been, you know, probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, areas that, that we're learning how to embrace. We're looking at uh, developing a model that's uh, uh, counter, counter service ordering with a full service bar, because we think a full service bar is uh, important in our model. So a lot of the fast casuals don't, you know, most of them don't have full service bar. Uh, so we're looking into options along those lines uh, that we think can either make the guests uh, feel like they can get in and out quicker. Um, but, but if you wanted to come to the bar and still enjoy a sports experience, we, we have that. So, so I think that's been some of the, some of the things for, for us, particularly in a restaurant, it's been, it's been the landscape and then delivery. Um, we, we, we do a lot of delivery, so it's been good for us, but delivery has been, getting, been a game changer. You know, it used to be, um, we're going out, we're getting delivery, it's either pizza shops, maybe a local pizza shop. Now it's almost anything, anything you want. You do you do delivery. your own? Uh, we do not. We do it. Uh, we partner with a couple third parties okay. uh, to do it. Uh, one of the advantages too of, of growing is we pay a lesser rate because now those uh, third party deliveries are in 20 of our locations in eight states. So the DoorDashes, the Uber Eats, we're able to do a little better uh, on the tight margin they make it from the delivery. Mm -hmm. okay. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done? Hmm. <laughs> and business, business wise, <laughs> there's, there's probably a lot of a lot, a lot of those too. Uh, I, I would say in, in, in the beginning, not properly understanding either the time or the capital investment to do a project. Okay. Um, I think from that, you know, our location number two, um, we ended up finding out that we had to replace the plumbing under the whole building. Hmm. So it took longer than expected, a lot more money than expected, not planned. Uh, so, so I think being thorough in, uh, you know, especially if you're doing a large investment in, in, in that, but, uh, but I think not being thorough enough in, in, in the planning initially, you know, to, uh, from a timeline perspective, uh, naively thinking that the permits are going to happen in the first 10 days when they happen in the 90th day. Uh, I think that uh, there's probably, as we probably talk, I'll probably think of three or four more bigger ones. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I think that that uh, you know initially being maybe rushing into things quicker than uh, than than really thinking them out, being maybe young, aggressive, and, mm -hmm. and naive. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say dumb, but young, aggressive and naive. Uh, you know, okay. ready to jump in the pool maybe without feeling the water. <laughs> well, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's thinking about starting a business, and maybe even especially a restaurant type business? Um, I, I, what, I think kind of one, one my mistake, I would make sure that you're capitalized enough um, because, uh, again, if you don't have the money, um, it, it's a problem, or if you're in the middle of a, uh, a build-out and you can't finish it, um, that, that's a problem. So I would say, I would say uh, making sure you're capitalized, making sure um, your business plan is thorough and vetted, I think would be an, another one. And then if you're in any contracts, make sure you have a good lawyer. That would probably be my biggest thing, mm -hmm. is to make sure you're thorough on your contracts. How do you approach marketing? Uh, I find that a lot of Harrisburg businesses around here, but my main criticism is that they, they don't seem to put hardly any investment or thought into marketing. 
Uh, we, we, we do a lot, but that, that's changed. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, at the beginning, you know, it used to be print ads and, and, uh, and billboards. So now we're, uh, we've grown an email list to over 120,000 people on it. So that's probably our biggest marketing tool and our, our, um, our most cost effective. Uh, but we do a, a tremendous amount via social media. Um, we do, you know, targeted demos, target around event, um, either events, people, or area. Um, is, is probably a big part. And then we're also uh, in the stadiums. So we're in the, Her the Harrisburg Center Stadium and the Hershey Giants Center Stadium. So uh, we believe our booths there are marketing. And then on top of that, we do do marketing in there from being in the ring or sponsored events uh, and nights. Um, so so we pro probably uh, the, the stadiums are probably one of the coolest things that we get to do marketing-wise. Mm -hmm. um, but we're really everything now, I think, is really driven social media. Uh, we just invested a, a lot into some new technology platforms. Uh, we're going to be upgrading our loyalty program to one that really is data-driven. We can use tokenization from how many times people use their credit card in their location. Uh, so I think that is something we are now really getting into. Uh, our next step is learning about our customer and targeting our customer. So, so, so obviously we sell uh, you know, hamburgers, but we also sell the Impossible Burger. So our goal is when we send that email out, we don't want to send someone that doesn't eat meat an offer for meat. Uh, we want to send them an offer for the Impossible Burger on that. So the next phase in our marketing is is really learning data and, and getting that technology, which is something, you know, we've just started learning that even existed. Mm -hmm. And where do you see Arugas in, you know, five years? Where are you guys going? Uh, I, I hope we continue on the same path going uh, up and down up and down the East Coast. Um, you know, eventually our goal would be, you know, we'd, we'd like to be a national company. Mm -hmm. you know, it started here in Harrisburg, you know, in 2008. And, Drove across, but uh, that's that, that's the goal, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, you've grown so fast; uh, it's it's just amazing to me that you've been able to uh, put it all together in in, in ten years. Uh, it's it's pretty fascinating. In some ways, you know, depending on what you're talking about, some ways it's very fast, and some ways it mm -hmm. seems like forever. Yeah. Lots of questions, excellent. Love it, thanks. Okay, time for audience questions. My favorite part. I got a lot of, I got a lot of interesting questions during this section. Things that I never would have thought of. I suspect there'll be a lot of menu related. <laughs> <laughs> I think I already saw the, the word sauce in here somewhere. <laughs> okay, um, what's your strategy, uh, what's strategy for market research when it comes to new location expansion? So uh, we, we uh, use uh, NCAIR, I think there's an AI, right? NC, uh, and uh, Nick provides us, I forget what the system is, I can find out the name of the system, but it gives us demos, and one of the things we look for as a restaurant is a one, three, five mile radius number of people. Um, because we do serve alcohol, um, you know, we know a lot of our regular customer race isn't traveling 15 miles, you know, and especially in some markets or areas, uh, 15 miles with traffic might be 30 minutes. So we want to know who's around us, uh, how we can attract them. But there, there's a name of a system. I, I can't think of the name. It might be called Costa. 
<laughs> and so he provides us data and we get that. Uh, so number of people, traffic counts, uh, income levels uh, are, are all things, but the 135 mile radius is one of the main things of people that we look for. Um, and then when, pending on there, I learned when we were in New Jersey, there's jug handles. So uh, there's no like le left turns. So, so as we're looking at places, I noticed all the Dunkin' Donuts are on one side and all the other restaurants on the other. The places we were looking at were restaurants that went out of business on the side of Dunkin' Donuts. Mm -hmm. So what I come to, to find out is the Dunkin' Donuts is on the side of everybody going to work and then the bars are on the side of everyone coming home because most people there, or, or I guess maybe not there, just most people I don't think would drive five miles to hit a jug handle and drive back to do that, especially if you were going to you know, have, have drinks or beers. So that was something market specific that, that I was not aware of you know, initially, but uh, you know, it could have been a very, very big mistake. Yeah, New Jersey, interesting place. I, I, I grew up there. <laughs> uh, yeah, there definitely are drug handles. You know, I, uh, like, what is going uh, on? Yeah, I don't know if any other state that really has them like, like that. I've not, I've not seen anywhere else yeah. yet. Um, Okay, um, how do you manage your teams, I guess it means your employee teams, as a business expands in size and geography? We're still a, a relatively uh, lean company, um, but I think uh, a lot of, you know, our lean internal people are all very important people and, uh, and do, do, do the managing, you know, for me in a lot of ways. So, so I, think, uh, I think as we've grown, keeping, being fortunate to keep a lot of my long-term employees and team members, uh, has been a big, big factor in, in that because uh, they're able to pass the culture on the right way. Um, they're able to know, you know, what what they probably think I would think would be cool or not uh, in, in a lot of ways. So I think that, that that's probably been the, the biggest thing is, is having the having long-term team members mm -hmm. um, that, that have, have progressed because um, they've been promoted through the system and now they're the leaders of the company. So uh, so that, that's been a, been a big win. Um, that's probably, that's probably the biggest, you know, having, having a core team and, and making sure you can rely on your, your top, top few people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so here's a food item. Uh, what is your favorite item on the menu? So I love our mozzarella triangles. So the, the, they're, they're probably my favorite, but we did just come out with this new pretzel. Um, so we have our crab pretzel, uh, but we came out with this big pretzel. You guys had some of it today. Um, that's probably my new favorite item because it's, uh, we make it like Annie Ann's Lancaster style versus Bavarian uh, on there. But mozzarella triangles, it's hard for me not to get them if I go out and have a couple beers. Okay. Uh, so building upon that question, what sauce does Gary get on his arugas wings? Uh, <laughs> I get, uh, we call it buffacue. It's, uh, it's a mix of hot and barbecue. Okay. That's probably my favorite. Okay. But I would also go with almost everything. That's another one that I like, which is one we won at the National Buffalo Wing Festival with. Okay, and uh, speaking of wings, traditional or boneless? Traditional, for sure. Yeah, I agree. All drums, <laughs> blue cheese. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's pretty standard oil. <laughs> Ten. Okay, do you ever think about collabing with a brewery for an Aruga sauce? Hmm. Well, uh, we have not done it for a sauce, but we have collabed with Pizza Boy a couple times and they did uh, an Aruga's wing extinguisher for us. So we did uh, a wing extinguisher, a double wing extinguisher, a grapefruit wing extinguisher, and then we did like a, a session wing extinguisher one year. So we've, we've, we've done that, and then we did a beer with um, St. Boniface, 
Second Street session for Harrisburg Beer Week two years ago. So not in the sauce, but that's probably a good idea to, to look at getting into our sauce and doing a. Okay, well, whoever asked that. asked that needs a piece of the action. So, yeah, yeah, good idea, yeah. good idea. Good <laughs> idea. Percentage. Um, so here's here's a question. I'm embarrassed that I didn't ask this because it's it's a typical kind of journalism question. Uh, where does the name Arugas come from? So as I, as, as I mentioned, we, were, we took over the, the location on 22, and while we had that year, we were searching for a name, and um, a lot of names, but nothing really kind of... Uh, so we had a customer contest, and uh, we got a couple hundred names, and the name Arugas really stood out. Uh, number one, because I, I, uh, I thought it sounded fun. Um, we knew that we were going to be focused on sports and wings and beer, but, uh, but I didn't think the name should pigeonhole us that way. So this name came about, and uh, so fun name. Uh, a put us at the top of every list for free. Um, That's true. Uh, Arugas.com was available, factoring and to make sure that that was uh, available. And, and gentleman, employee of ours, Casey, um, his dad, Pete, came up with the name. And on our menu, you'll see we have uh, Pete's Pepper Jack Cube. So one of his perks of naming Arugas was he got to name a menu, his favorite menu item. Okay. That's an item we make in the commissary. but. Uh, generally, when the new menus come out, he shoots me a call or a text and says, hey, my pepper check cube's still in there. <laughs> but but, it, but it, he, he got the name from um, the Model T Ford Horn, Aruga, is, where, is how he came uh, up with the name. Yeah. Aruga. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I was going to ask you that. Like, if, I thought maybe it was just a nonsense word. Well, sort of a sound word. Um, where is your dream franchise location? Hmm. <laughs> Hawaii, right? Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, I, I would think that uh, opening Arugas in New York City, Times Square, would be really, really cool. I think you, if you can get there and write that off as a marketing expense, you made it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. Uh, you mentioned you are in New York. Currently. Yeah, we're in, we're in Long Island. We have two locations in Patchock yeah. and Rockville Center. Okay. Getting closer. Yeah. Just, uh, Get on the subway. <laughs> um, hmm. Who is your Who is your most favorite corporate employee? Is that because oh. somebody asked that? Is someone? <laughs> oh, I know who asked that. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. There's too many good ones here to pick. Okay. <laughs> I know whose handwriting that is. <laughs> Somebody wants to know, speaking, I guess, of the jug handles, where in New Jersey are your locations? So we have one in East Brunswick, New Jersey, uh, and then one in North Plainfield, New Jersey, and the newest one will open in Howell, New Jersey. Okay. Okay. But you don't have to go to New Jersey. You can just go downtown. <laughs> uh, okay, well, this is an interesting question. How might Arugas adapt to an increase in a minimum wage. So, so kind of one of the things I was talking about was one of the models that we're, we're looking at testing or developing was, was with counter service. Um, so in our market, uh, a, a server or bartender makes a lower minimum wage and then makes a tip, and if they don't hit a certain threshold, we have to make up the difference. Um, so that's not really a challenge for, for us in, in a lot of ways. Uh, majority of our kitchen people are already over minimum wage from a, from a non-tipped perspective. Um, but in markets when we're in like New York or, or, or Massachusetts, uh, a server there might make eight or nine dollars an hour uh, plus tips. 
So, so now when you're running a larger location and you're factoring in labor margins, they're, they're three times what it is in Pennsylvania, three times what it is in New Jersey, three times what it is in Florida, um, but everything's still relatively the same price you know, in, in that regard. So uh, looking at uh, the counter service model is perhaps um, an option to help alleviate that um, on that. So we think, we think that uh, you know, sometimes we're seeing success from a lot of the fast casuals with counter. So you'd say, you know, initially, or, or I'll give you Trogues, for example. So you say initially, our family is going to go order from counters. All right, so you go to Trogues and say, not only are they ordering from counters, it's a brewery, right? So, so that doesn't stop them anymore. But I feel like 10 years ago, I don't know that my parents would have ordered from, I mean, I mean we, there's for certain things that obviously happen, but, but uh, was as common, if that makes sense. So we think that now it can, can help in some ways from the labor perspective to still give our dining guests what they want, but, but it maybe help from the labor end. Um, but, but if you don't uh, pay your people well, then, then you don't get good people. Right, so building on that, so you, uh, since you operate in, in multiple states, and I guess you operate in some states where the minimum wage is higher, correct? Than, than, yes. And it is here, for instance, because it's just 725 here, I guess. Um, how does that wash out economically for your company? I mean, do, do, you, do you actually make less per store because of that in other states, or does it somehow even out? So in the other state models are franchise locations, so they're individual entrepreneurs that own the business right. that we help manage. Uh, however, uh, we have three different price levels. So Pennsylvania is the lowest price level uh, for menu pricing, for food, and for alcohol. Um, so in New York, for example, uh, we pay less for beer. So we pay for less for Bud Light in New York than we do here in Harrisburg. Um, but they charge like $8 for a pint of it and we charge like two. So, so, so the margin there on, on, on alcohol is substantial so that someone helps some of the labor. But the, but the food, you know, they're a dollar or two or more but, but still buy the same product as us. So, so in some states there's an, there's an off but, but in a lot of ways it does make it a lot more challenging. Would you support uh, an increase in the minimum wage in Pennsylvania? Because that is a proposal that's currently yeah. going through. Yeah, for 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 hourlies, we uh, you know again we want we want our servers and bartenders to make a living wage. But I think if we were to tell them they were going to just make minimum wage, none of them would want to be bartenders or servers because because ultimately they don't make minimum mm -hmm. wage um, on that. So, uh, but as I mentioned, like our hourlies, um, we almost have no one hourly at minimum wage that's non-tip earning. So, right. so if they would raise it, we would already be above it. Right. We'll um, the only thing that would probably happen is then we'd have to raise the people that were already above because mm -hmm. everybody else was now at their rate, perhaps. So, okay. um, but ultimately, uh, you know, I'm for it, but it does have to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, here's a, a ambitious question. Well, what is your day-to-day -day life like? So it's changed over over the, over the years. Um, I mean, you know, ten years ago it was just every day going at it. Um, so so now I mean I'm I'm fortunate to have a great team. So so I mean I'm I'm in our office every day. I'm I'm available always. I'm always on my phone. I'm always answering emails as everybody can respect. You can always get a hold of me. But uh, am, am I living in the restaurants uh, anymore? No. I'm fortunate with having a team that that manages that for me. Uh, but what I found kind of is it, it's it's interesting, as, I, as you start in a restaurant, and I loved running restaurants, I'm not in restaurants as much anymore, and, and not necessarily by choice, but by reality of what 
Arugas has become or, or done. I think you know from um, managing franchisees to 700 employees to, to those things um, have really changed what day-to-day is mm-hmm. for me. Um, I do love going to the restaurants. It's almost somewhat of, of, of a, a fun relief in a lot of ways. But uh, So th- that's kind of changed. But uh, we have a corporate facility off of 19th Street, and, and that's pretty much where, where I roam unless we're opening stores. And then I'm at the, the openings of the stores generally for three weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were on the road. Most of our top team was on the road for about six months last year opening stores. I even brought our baby and my mom to, to, to help. <laughs> when... when- because my wife, my wife works with us as well. She's our bar trainer. <laughs> when, when you unexpectedly just pop into one of your stores, are your employees scared? They're like, oh my God, the owner's here. I, I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty laid back, easygoing guy. I think if you would say the central Pennsylvania ones closest to here, most of them would say, what's up, Gary? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe some of the further ones away that I don't know the, 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 the team or staff, like, like I would know the Camp Hill store or downtown store or Mechanicsburg store, um, maybe, but, I, but I, don't, I don't ever want anyone to, to feel that way. I want to, I'm, I'm, again, really, I mean, this is what I would wear. I mean, I'm kind of dressed up. I, I don't want to flip-flops on, but, um, you know, so I, I like to be approachable. Uh, I want to hear from our team members. They're the people that are on the ground dealing with our guests, uh, and our guest is making a determination if they come back, ultimately a lot, based on what our team members are doing. So I love to hear from them, good or bad, uh, you know, can always get a hold of me, but yeah. so so I hope that, I hope they're not, but but I feel like centrally that they they think it's cool to see me. So how do you, as you grow, how have you been able to keep to your core mission and your you know core values? Uh, so so I, I, I keep coming back to the people because I think as 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 I've been layered, uh, perhaps doing a different job, right? The message to the, to the people still has to be the same. And if someone that's not either believing or buying or knowing the culture is presenting it, uh, you're not going to continue the culture. So, so, so I think that is probably one of the one of the, the factors in it. You know, it's, it sounds sounds easy to say, but it, but it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, you know, pressing that. And then uh, recently, we uh, we did a meeting with uh, all of our managers and a lot of our key uh, people that have hourlies. Uh, up at Trogues, and we released our, uh, uh, called the Arugas Way, it's our principles and guidelines, uh, how we're making moves without selling our soul type, type deal. So we talk about what's, uh, what's important to the brand, what's um, people being part of it, our guests being part of it. You know, we like to say, you know, without our people, we wouldn't have our guests, but without our guests, we wouldn't open our door. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of have a full circle philosophy on guests and, and team. So we released that kind of to our, to our, to our team, and, uh, you know, put out what, what our mission and, and, and philosophy is. I mean, we, we've been saying it a lot, but we got it into one, one place, you know. So uh, I got some good advice to put that together and, and some help from a lot of team members and reviews. Oh, oh. hey, Stella. <laughs> I think it means the interview's over when the, when the kids start coming up to the stage. Um, so so that, I think that was important, reestablishing it, because as we kind of grow and we got a lot of new team members and, uh, and putting it in a, in a, in a in a, in a place that everyone could reference. Yeah, thank you, Gary. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, thank good. you. Appreciate it. Yeah. I kind of just sometimes start going. Thank you for listening in to the HYP podcast. Our next event will be in September, but you can learn more about this event series and others by heading to our website, hyp.org. Special thanks to our event sponsors, MT Bank. Startup Harrisburg and the Berg Magazine.
Also, thank you to Clark Stefanik for the recording and editing of this podcast. Until next time, keep building in the Berg.